Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is September 20th. This week our reading is found in 3rd Nephi chapters 12 through 6. So we have five chapters filled with the words and the actions of Christ here in the Americas. So let's start out in 3rd Nephi chapter 12. Now 3rd Nephi chapter 12 is pretty cool because it's the Savior speaking here in the Americas, and he's basically giving the same sermon that he gave in the Old World that is often called the Sermon on the Mount. Now, it's pretty much the same sermon, but there are so many key differences and word changes that I think are so nuanced and give such a greater meaning to the sermon here. So let's start out with the Beatitudes. What I love about the Beatitudes is if you study them and if you look at them, really it's like seeing a staircase. You start out at the bottom and with each step, with each beatitude, you're getting closer and closer and closer to a perfected person. Each thing gets you closer to Christ. And I love that we see that transition and that change happen in these beatitudes because it teaches us a lot about what God expects from us. The very last verse in this chapter, which we'll talk about later, talks about becoming perfect, commanding us to become perfect. But this staircase here, these subtle changes here in the Beatitudes teach us that perfection doesn't come overnight. It doesn't come immediately. It's a process and it takes time and it's line upon line, precept upon precept, little piece by little piece. We become like the Savior one action at a time, one change at a time, and one attribute at a time. And that, I think, is one of the greatest lessons that we can get here from the Sermon on the Mount. So let's take a look at the very first one. It says, Yea, blessed are the poor in spirit. So if we're thinking about the Sermon on the Mount as kind of a staircase to becoming more like the Savior, being poor in spirit is kind of this idea of being a broken and fallen person, sinful, disobedient, and fallen which, to be honest, is every single one of us at some point in our lives. We all at some point in our lives take a look at ourselves and realize how desperately we need the Savior, how desperately we need to change. Now, that poor in spirit obviously has a variety of levels, but we have all experienced it at some point, and that is kind of the bottom stair on our staircase. But I think it's important to realize the difference between this verse and the verse found in the original Sermon on the Mount. The original Sermon on the Mount just says, Yea, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But Christ goes farther here in this verse. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit who come unto me. So it's not enough just to be broken. It's not enough just to be fallen. It's not enough just to need the Savior. We actually have to turn to him. We have to do something about it. It's just like I say all the time, it is not enough to know something, we have to do something. And here in the Americas, the Savior is teaching that the poor in spirit have to do something about it. Elder Holland in his book, Christ and the New Covenant, said, The Book of Mormon sermon added the phrase, who come unto me. Obviously, in the third Nephi rendering, being poor in spirit is not in itself a virtue. But it will be so if such humility brings one to claim the blessings of the kingdom through the waters of baptism, making covenants, and moving towards 
all the promises given to the covenant-making disciples. So the Savior really is trying to teach us that we have to come unto him to make these changes, to progress, to become more like him. We have to come to him. We don't come to him through our own grit, willpower, or desire. We become like him through his grace, through his mercy, through his enabling power. And that enabling power only comes into our lives as we approach the Savior humbly, recognizing our own weaknesses and our own dependence on him. As we come unto him, as we bring our broken selves to him, then he is able to change us. So I like that clarification of the Savior here in this verse. That is us on the bottom stair. We're broken, we're hurting, we're fallen, but we recognize it and we turn to the Savior. And that is the first step. As we recognize our sins and as we are relying on the Savior, all of a sudden, the next one makes sense. Blessed are they who mourn. As we recognize our fallen selves, we are naturally going to mourn for our sins, for our mistakes, for our past. And the blessing that comes from it is as we recognize that, we will be comforted. We will be blessed. The next step off of that is as we repent, as we come to the Savior, as we have sorrow for our sins, all of a sudden we are going to hunger and thirst after righteousness. The next one is blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, what I love about this one is it doesn't say blessed are the perfect, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. We're not going to be perfect in this life, but we can be pure. And that purity comes as we continually, daily, use the atonement of Jesus Christ and repent. As we do that, we become pure. And the promised blessing as we become pure in heart and continuously repent is that we will see God. I love that one. Blessed are all the peacemakers. Now, again, the Savior's teaching us about being peaceful, about eliminating contention, about having charity and love becoming our default mode in the way that we treat and approach other people. And then finally, as we do all this, do you see how each one of them is escalating and helping us become more and more and more like the Savior? Well, this final one here says, blessed are they who are persecuted for my name's sake. Because unfortunately, as the world is getting more wicked, and as we are following these steps and becoming more righteous, there is a greater and greater division between the world and where it is and us and where we're trying to go. And because of that division, because we will become so different from the world as we take on the attributes of Christ, there will be times when we are persecuted for his name's sake. Okay, so the Savior continues throughout this chapter telling us things that we can do to become more like him and to develop his attributes. And then finally, in the very end, verse 48, he says, Therefore, I would that ye should be perfect, even as I or your Father who is in heaven is perfect. Now, I think the thing that's extremely important to recognize here is what is the perfection that the Savior is speaking about? In the Sermon on the Mount, the Savior did not include himself in that definition of perfection. He said, be therefore perfect, even as my Father who is in heaven is perfect. But here, now as a resurrected and glorified immortal being, all of a sudden he considers himself part of that. 
And that's because the Greek word for perfect is complete. But another interesting translation here is from the Hebrew word for perfection, which denotes covenants. Perfection comes as we make covenants with our Father in heaven. Perfection comes as we rely on the promises of Jesus Christ. Perfection comes as we allow our covenants to let us have a real and personal relationship with God the Father and the Savior. Elder Holland said, Our only hope for true perfection is in receiving it as a gift from heaven. We cannot earn it. That perfection comes the same way purity comes. It comes little by little, piece by piece, as we repent often and use the atonement of Jesus Christ. When speaking of this idea of trying to become perfect and striving for perfection, President Nelson said, My heart goes out to conscientious saints who, because of their shortcomings, allow feelings of depression to rob them of happiness in this life. We all need to remember, men are that they might have joy, not guilt trips. My friends, trust in the atonement of Jesus Christ. Trust in his grace. Trust in his mercy. Trust in his enabling power. Because if you are using the atonement of Jesus Christ and relying on his grace, then perfection, probably not in this life, but perfection will come. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.